lots and lots of Republicans voted for me in the Senate to substitute its judgment for the people in picking a president. They are ready for someone to take the reins. We need more engagement in this public discourse and not less. Just listen. I think that's what I need to do is just really listen. What's up, Tennessee? Welcome to TriStar Talk. I'm Jeff Patterson, here to give you the latest on everything happening in the TriStar state. If you haven't yet, go ahead and hit subscribe. We are available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TriStar Talk. This is the week. This is the week we've been talking about. Tennessee will start to open up beginning today. Restaurants will be able to operate at 50% capacity And on Wednesday, retail stores will be able to open. I know uh, a lot of people in Tennessee have really wanted this. They've wanted Tennessee to open. Fortunately, I don't think it's going to work out as well as people think it will, especially when the voices that have been the loudest, the voices that have gotten the, the most news attention were part of this manufactured political issue. So here's what I'm talking about. The these reopened Tennessee protests that happened. It was reported in the Chattanooga Free Press that though they seemed like a real response to an issue, you know, the protesters were passionate and and they were angry. But the these protests were actually stoked and sometimes even directly coordinated by long term conservative activists whose operations were initially set up with the help of Republican mega donors. And we're talking Robert Mercer, Ken Cuccinelli and Ben Carson even. and. Facebook ads, unsurprisingly, are going to play a very, very big role in this as well. These ads were funded by Convention of States. It's a group that focuses on populist messages. The Washington Post put it this way. The Convention of States represents one salvo in a wide-ranging and well-financed conservative campaign to undermine restrictions that medical experts say are necessary to contain the coronavirus, but that protesters call overkill and whose economic fallout could damage President Trump's political prospects. The Convention of States was launched in 2015 with a huge donation from Robert Mercer and Cuccinelli and Carson, who are now members of Trump's administration, have also supported it in the past. Cuccinelli is the acting director of U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services. And of course, Ben Carson is Secretary of HUD. More research from the Post found that the parent organization of the Convention of States is the Citizens for Self-Governance. The board president for that group is Eric O'Keefe. O'Keefe is a longtime conservative activist for the Koch family. He managed David Koch's 1980 bid for the White House. But it's clear now that the Convention of States is working on crafting this message that will unite the right-leaning people in this country who are already skeptical of science and who are more skeptical of Democrats in general. And this is all just to, to, to make the stay-at-home orders disappear, and it's under the guise of personal liberty or whatever. But these protests are very much a minority in the way that this country is looking at the issue. 70% of voters in the U.S. think that the coronavirus crisis is getting worse. 
81% of voters say they would support stay-at-home orders on a national level. And the the Facebook ads that the Convention of States is putting out, the content that they're putting out, is focused directly on the, on the civil liberties aspect. One post read, heavy-handed government orders that interfere with our most basic liberties will do more harm than good. And, and the reason that the, the Facebook ads are important is because it's going to be part of a longer game that that these activists are playing, these activists on the right, and even those that are going to be advising President Trump on his campaign, they're crafting these ads to see what plays well, what the engagement looks like, and then they are going to begin to tailor those ads for all the people that are clicking on it. And this isn't this isn't new. This is this is something that happened a lot in 2016 during the election. If you'll remember Cambridge Analytica, the the people that are going to be clicking on these ads, they are they are putting all their personal information out there to be used so that the message can be more tailored, can be crafted to sound more appealing. And they're going to find the right way to frame this issue. If the civil liberties doesn't work, they're going to find another way. That's a whole that's the whole point of this campaign. But no matter no matter how much they protest, no matter what message they come out with, the, the fact is, again, that they are a minority and that when Tennessee opens up today, we're going to have to track very, very closely what the numbers look like. I think that the numbers are going to go up. Tennessee is 15th in the nation right now in testing, and that's with only 2% of the population having been tested. On Friday, we saw the highest one-day increase in new cases the highest number of both active cases and hospitalizations so far, and an increase in nursing home cases from 375 to 478 in two days. That pushed the five-day average growth rate up 5.5%. And this this was mainly concentrated in Davidson and Shelby counties, and there were smaller increases elsewhere. But the the overall COVID-19 case count for Tennessee is up to 9,667, and that's as of yesterday, as of Sunday, including 181 deaths, 828 hospitalizations, 4,527 recovered. That was another record day as we begin to open up. Governor Lee joined more than a dozen churches yesterday in in Franklin for a drive-in mass. Congregations came together at the Williamson County Agricultural Expo Sunday night, and, and Governor Billy made his surprise appearance, and he spoke to the congregation. I, I wonder if he is going to visit any other worship services, perhaps for other religions, if he's going to go to a synagogue or a mosque to worship with the people there. Unclear as as of right now. And, and, it, and it's ironic that he, he wanted to make this public display, going to this large crowd, speaking to people. I think he is probably trying to instill some confidence. And then there's also the aspect of people want to be able to go back to churches. People want to meet in person. Medical professionals say the only current safeguard against COVID-19 is social distancing, face masks, and clean hands. Dr. Donald James Alcinder from Meharry Medical College has been working overtime looking for a, a drug to treat infected coronavirus patients. The antiviral has a place, and it's not to basically replace a vaccine, but it's to be there in support of vaccine, said Alcinder. He said a vaccine will take anywhere between 12 to 18 months and an antiviral can be made in a matter of weeks. With a drug, an antiviral that can shut down virus replication and reduce inflammation in those patients, then you're likely to hold off a crisis that's likely to happen. Allow those patients that might be at the brink to recover. So he, so he says the, the point of the antiviral is to just try to reduce inflammation and, and hold off the crisis a little bit more. Allow those patients to recover a little bit. 
colleges and universities all across the country are working on something. They're working on a treatment. And of course, they're looking for a vaccine, but that can take a long time. But that is the strategy. At the end of the day, the goal is to have a vaccine. We're not looking to stop the virus. It's not going to stop. But that's not the only issue that that medical professionals are having. Per the advice of Trump, who at the press conference we mentioned in the last pod, he started talking about using disinfectants in the body to treat the virus, whatever. Well, the Tennessee Poison Center saw an increase in calls related to cleaning supply overexposures, as well as a jump in people hospitalized after ingesting hydrogen peroxide as Tennesseans tried to ward off the virus. A doctor at the Tennessee Poison Center told the Tennessean that people had phoned the centers for concerns related to bleach, hand sanitizer, and all-purpose cleaners. And and most of it is exposure. People were getting it uh, on their skin And of course, there were some that were ingesting it. But the surge in calls here in Tennessee is very much the trend across the country. Calls to poison center lines related to cleaners and disinfectants jumped 20 percent. As a quick aside, though, Trump also took to Twitter this weekend to say, does anybody get the meaning of what a so-called noble, not Nobel prize is? And and to clarify, so-called noble, N-O-B-L-E parentheses, not N-O-B-E-L prizes, especially as it pertains to reporters and journalists. Noble is defined as having or showing fine personal qualities or high moral principles and ideals. Does sarcasm ever work? And to answer that, no, nobody knows what the meaning of the so-called Nobel Prize is because that isn't an, that's not an award. That's not a thing. He did subsequently delete this tirade which prompted more jokes and more people to say, is this supposed to be a joke? Because if it is, nobody understood it. I thought it was funny because it reminded me of that that scene from The Office when Michael's at Phyllis's wedding and he's giving a speech and he confuses two words saying, Webster's defines wedding as the, the bonding of two metals with heat. But I won't be surprised if if conservatives to some degree just come up with the Nobel Prize award to to try to justify this. It didn't make sense if it was a joke. He must have not been aware of it because he deleted it. But but uh, no matter what he says, he's he really isn't doing a whole lot to stop the spread uh, of the coronavirus. Up until March, 80 percent of the counties with high prevalence of the coronavirus were major urban areas, but over the last month, really, the the share of small metro, non-metro suburban areas experiencing the virus is growing. Now more than half the counties showing signs of rapid growth are outside of the metro areas. So while people might not have been concerned because, oh, the virus is only in the big cities, I'm out here, it's not going to affect me, that's changing. It is spreading out there. It was able to go faster in, in the major metro areas because there's more people, people are closer together. And while the confirmed case count remains highest in, in, in states with large populations like New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, confirmed cases are growing at faster rates in smaller rural states. Arkansas, Iowa, Kansas, Nebraska, New Mexico, Wisconsin all recorded their highest daily counts in just the last few days. Tennessee recorded the highest count in just the last few days. And this is with businesses opening up. So I, I have to believe that the case numbers are going to increase. I don't think that this is a problem we're just going to weather by pretending like it doesn't exist. Nashville is not opening. Mayor Cooper said a safe rollout must be data-driven, not date-driven. He warned that relaunching activity too quickly could lead to a damaging false start, where you say, okay, open businesses back up, 
Then we see a surge in cases and then you have to shut them down again. That would be bad for businesses. The state's just going to have to deal with it. We'll continue. We'll keep you updated on what Nashville does. But as of right now, we are just waiting for good numbers to show us that it's time to open up. President Trump on Friday did sign Congress's latest coronavirus economic relief package. It includes additional aid to small businesses and hospitals. Only five members of the House voted against the measure. No one from Tennessee voted against it. And the the Senate had passed it by unanimous consent as well. The $484 billion package includes $321 billion for the PPP, the Paycheck Protection Program. That was super popular. It ran out of $350 billion in just two weeks as small businesses were scrambling to get money. And this is this is much needed relief for a lot of people. Unfortunately, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said he wants to pause before Congress considers additional legislation. I don't think he's going to make it an easy fight to get more funding for people who are going to need it. He's also indicating he will oppose any no strings attached funding for states who who need who need additional help. And this is unsurprising, of course, because McConnell was also the one that said that he wants to just let the states go bankrupt. And it's interesting because of at least of, of the 15 states least reliant on on federal money, 11 are led by Democrats. In 15 states most reliant, 11 are Republican controlled. And that includes Tennessee. Tennessee is one of the most reliant on federal federal assistance. But it's unsurprising because here's here's what could potentially happen. Bankruptcy lets the GOP impose its priorities on the budgets for richer states. The Center on Budget and Policy Priorities estimates that more than 25% of state revenues have evaporated because of the pandemic. Demands on state healthcare budgets, state employment systems, state social welfare benefits are surging. And by the summer of 2022, the state budget gap could total half a trillion dollars. And Tennessee is going to have a lot of problems. We are very much reliant on our sales tax. And in the midst of a pandemic, sales tax isn't that reliable of a way to get money because nobody's going out, nobody's shopping, nobody's buying things. The legislature is going to have to get together, find a way to make up the budget shortfall, may have to dip into the rainy day fund to make up the budget difference. And I've been, I've been in federal bankruptcy court a handful of times myself not because of my own financial issues, but because of clients that had had financial issues that we were trying to sort out. I've I've looked through bankruptcy law. I've had to write up some briefs to for the bankruptcy court, and so I can't I can't but I can't really even imagine what that process look lo- looks like for states. I'm sure there will be some constitutional hurdles to to a federal judge deciding which which of the state's priorities have to be paid first. And a lot of I've seen a lot of people are blaming. The deficits of uh, that the states are running into on on horribly funded pension plans, and they do have nothing to do with the pandemic mess we're in right now. It's been decades of fiscal mismanagement by both parties, mostly from inadequate employer and employee contributions coupled with unrealistic actuarial and earning assumptions. This year's stock market slump hardly moved the needle on that problem, but I don't think that that's going to be an issue for Tennessee. I don't think Tennessee is going to file for bankruptcy or however that it would even happen. But we are opening up and I hope that everyone stays safe. Continue to wear masks when you go out, wear gloves, wash your hands, even if other people aren't taking the proper precautions, even if your governor is not prioritizing your health. That doesn't mean you shouldn't prioritize your health. 
this is this is not the end of it. It's the end of the beginning because we're moving into the phase where we want to reopen. I hope we're successful. I hope things can get back to normal. But I'm going to continue to listen to the advice from medical experts, from The Economist, who warned that this could seriously backfire. But we're going to be in this together. That's it for the show today. Thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you haven't yet, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TriStarTalk. I'm Jeff Patterson. Thanks for listening.